the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. It is Friday, ladies and gentlemen, and that means... It's Open Line Friday. We'll talk about whatever it is you would like to talk about. You can call now, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Sometimes people tell me I say that number too fast. It's 888-528-2557. You can also send me an email at pastorscott at kkla.com, pastorscott at kkla.com. We'll talk about anything you want to talk about on Open Line Friday. You can change the subject. You can ask a question about a Bible verse or a biblical topic or something in the news you want to make comments on or anything else, 888-528-2557. All right, as we, as we talk and we begin the show today, I want to talk about parenting a little bit out of, because of some things that came out of the congressional hearing yesterday. This is Representative Wesley Hunt. And I can assure you that my four-year-old and my two-year-old daughters will not change in front of biological men. This is ridiculous. I don't care what party you are a part of. If you think that we're all equal and the same biologically, you've literally lost your mind. And when my two daughters work hard in the sport, work hard in their craft to be the best that they can be amongst other women, they will compete against other women. I owe Victoria and Olivia and every other young lady in this country that. If you think I'm wrong, I am not the problem. I can assure you. We have an opportunity in this country to get this right in 2024 so we can stop all of this foolishness. That's uh, Representative Wesley Hunt uh, from Texas. And uh, at this hearing, there was a lot of different subjects. And, you know, you can go all kinds of directions. And you probably just hear little clips like that one. That one's, uh, you know, going viral because I think people understand as a dad, you know, if you have daughters and they're going to school, do you want them? Do you want boys in the locker room? Let me tell you something, as as a boy, as somebody who was a boy, a high school boy, a college young man, as a man now, I promise you, I promise you, you don't want that for any reason. You just don't. I, I think, you know, it's one of those things that I don't know that, that I can say it on the radio why that's true. But ladies, that is just every man listening to this knows what I mean. And whatever modifications you want to make, for people who are transitioning or other stuff, it doesn't work when you're thinking like a man and you're thinking about what that would mean if it was your daughters in there or somebody that you love. It just doesn't work. And everybody knows it. And, you know, we're doing all kinds of gymnastics around this. And one of the things that happened I also thought was interesting in that is uh, one congressman, uh, Congressman uh, Cohen, 
suggested he heard testimony from Paula Scanlon. Paula Scanlon is one of the women at Penn State who was on the swim team and got beat by uh, uh, Leah Thomas, who was a biological male, who was 6'4", fully intact and still attracted to women, apparently, who now says he's a girl and became the NCAA champion, even though he was ranked 400 or so among the men when he was swimming for the men's side. And uh, he is, the, you know, the scandal there is like what's happening everywhere else. He was not just on the team. He was using the woman's locker room, and the women on the team were told that they don't have a right to complain about that. And so some of this testimony was about, well, what did you women do? And some of them went to the family dressing room. Some of them went elsewhere. They just, you know, were forced to do this. An interesting thing, though, is uh, Representative Cohen, who is – essentially supportive of this policy, gave this answer about how he thought that maybe Penn State should have thought through this a little bit more and maybe put up a few barricades in between the showers in the women's restroom. And uh, Paula Scanlon uh, called him out on that. Scanlon, we just heard my Democrat colleague, Mr. Cohen, say that your circumstance could have been fully resolved if we'd have just had some barriers up in the, sh- in the women's showers. D- do you think that that's a sufficient way to resolve what we're dealing with here? I think by um, Representative Cohen admitting that we need barriers acknowledges there are biological differences between men and women. And by acknowledging that we need to have private spaces that are separate from each other, why can't we just use the locker rooms that we've always used, the men's and the women's? If you're acknowledging that we need protection and privacy from these men, then you're acknowledging that the locker rooms we've always used are the correct ones. Obviously, that's, I think, what people think. And that and she called him out on that inconsistency, that it just doesn't work. And these things are being pushed for completely separate ideological reasons. And getting back to the parenting of this, the reason I think this is, there's many reasons this is important. But as parents, it's important because there is a parenting philosophy that is also being driven here, that your purpose as a parent is to make sure your kids are happy, have you have you felt that? I mean, I think we all feel that, right? We feel that we want our kids to be happy. We obviously we want them to be happy. And there are things that are terrifying today about kids that are not happy that would turn to alcohol or drugs or turn to pornography or turn to, you know, other stuff or worst case suicide. You know, it comes up in all of this discussion. And, you know, the question I have for you is this, if you want to join the conversation, 888-528-2557. How important is it to you that your kids are happy? How far will you go? How far do you think it's appropriate to go to make sure your kids are happy? And is there a better goal? 888-528-2557. I think as parents, we've got to be, or as grandparents out there, or as people who know kids, so you may not be a parent, and uh, or maybe your grandparent or maybe you never had kids, but you're going to interact with kids and maybe you've got a heart for kids. You know, when do you say no? When is saying no the wrong time to say no? See, because, you know, there's part of the argument here with the, the transgender stuff, for example, keeps is that we're supposed to make our kid happy. And if they say that they're trans, then we have to believe them. That's the argument. We, our kid will not be happy if we don't believe them. And if we don't believe them, they will get sad and they might become suicidal or do other terrible things. And I think there's a lot of pressure on parents. In fact, uh, I'll play some clips here in a bit from that hearing from a parent who's transitioned her kid when the kid was 11. But then also from a, detra- a kid who detransitioned, who transitioned and had surgeries and everything at 16. And just a couple of years later, is talking about the misery that she was led to 
for the sake of being happy. There is something about being happy that is the drive. I think that's the wrong drive. And I don't mean, you know, I, I don't mean responsible. We want to we want our kids to be responsible, right? There are, there are things that maybe you'd rather your kids not do because it might have some danger. I feel that as a parent now. My boys are James and John, 14 and 11. And, you know, they're at that age where independence matters. When I was 14, I had a lot of independence. I'm shocked, actually, now that I'm a parent at what my parents let me do. The kind of thing where you leave the house for the day on your bike and you never come back till the lights go out, right? Till the sun goes down. A lot of us had that. I was all over town. I was riding my bike everywhere. In fact, uh, one time I went and I bought my mother a Christmas gift. It was a, a clock. And I bought it at a drugstore that was all the way across town. And I rode a dirt bike probably four or five miles carrying this huge clock. And I wasn't a big kid. And I, on the busiest street in town, and somebody saw me, one of my mom's friends, and told on me. (laughs) And I thought, and that person was scared because I'm riding with uh, probably no hands most of the time trying to balance this bicycle and uh, and this clock and not drop it. I made it, but, uh, you know, there's certainly some danger to that. But I'm glad that I had that freedom. And I struggle with that with my kids. My kids have already floated the idea of riding their bike to school and, you know, rather than being driven. And you know what? I might feel more comfortable driving them, and maybe I should. But part of growing up is also giving them the freedom to go do regular life stuff, even when there is an inherent danger. You know, we don't do our kids a favor by protecting them from everything that they're going to do just because there's some danger involved. They're going to do it anyway. They're going to have to be out on the streets. They're going to have to learn the rules of the road with a bicycle. And they're going to need the responsibility, right? It's it's about following traffic laws. It's about independence and the responsibility to lock up your bike so it doesn't get stolen if you stop somewhere, right? Actually go to school and don't go to the 7-Eleven and just hang out there, which is what some of us would do as a kid. Uh, they don't have the video games at the 7-Eleven. They used to be like arcade games at 7-Eleven or places like that. And uh, there would be a truant officer sometimes scoping the place out. You know, those things might make your kid happy, but they also teach them something that's good. But somewhere along the line, there is a different line here about happiness. And now we're talking about health care. We're talking about abortion. We're talking about dangerous things to do to yourself that have that you're choosing to do permanent things or uh, different social things, you know, at what point are you, you know, is it not about making your kid happy, but about a parent just saying no, even at the risk of them deciding they don't like you too much? 888-528-2557. Al, is it Al in LA? Yes, it is. Hi, Al. How are you? Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Well, thank you, sir. Uh, I wanted to talk about the males dressing in Females yeah. dressing rooms. Yeah, but some of the, some of the conversation but, was we want our kid to be happy, and that's what they want to do. So you have to let them do it. Well, I I I want my kid to be safe more than happy. Mm. I, I think I think being safe, uh, be ha- being happy, could be a byproduct of being safe. But I want to touch on a um, a UFC story that I, a, a, a fight that I saw maybe about a year ago. It was a, a female UFC fighter fighting a transgender male. He, he, he was a guy fighting. Yeah, moment. there's a, there is a, a biological male who is fighting in the, uh, the UFC. This is, this is violent fighting, 
right? The right, yeah. serious blows to the head and to the body, this kind of fighting. And uh, am I right that that in the in this there's kicking and other stuff? It's not even like boxing with gloves and sport and rules. It's it's no holes barred practically. Right. Right. But but any anyway, when I heard the announcement, I was enraged because I was saying. That, that's not fair because we are men are biologically different than women. We're, we we tend to be stronger in our bodies in terms of muscular strength and strikes and blows and stuff like that. And and then uh, I, I was just appalled. And then as the fight go went on though, the woman did actually beat up beat the other person. Not really, and I was I was elated. The woman just pummeled him, and he he. <laughs> I was I was elated, uh-huh. but I think men should have their proper quarters and women should have their proper quarters. Yeah, I don't agree with all that mixing. I I, I just don't agree with it. And, and I actually have an issue with one of my family members with four year old daughter. Um, the granddad walks around without a t shirt on, and the little girl walks around without a little t shirt on. She's very attached to him. And I've spoken to them about modesty. They need to teach her modesty. And and I think four years old, four year old is a good time to start. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it's different anyway, when they're like a year and a half, you know, and they're missing the bikini top and the diapers hanging out and stuff. But uh, you're right. There's a time when that just has to end. And a little right. a little creepy when grandpa's around doing that and stuff. I mean, not to impugn that guy necessarily, but it raises questions, doesn't it? Oh my goodness! And yes. see, and that's the thing is, is that everybody raises that question, even if it's not fair to that person, and that's what is happening when a guy wants to go into the ladies' room. We all ask that question, and maybe that person doesn't have any bad things in mind that he wants to do for some nefarious reason, but we all wonder about it, and often they do. There have been assaults and uh, other things. All right, Al. It sounds yeah. like uh, somebody's coming for you, so I better let you go. Uh, yeah, I better run. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Al. Thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show. You know, as a as a parent, and you know that the MMA thing or the or the, uh, the fighting thing, you know, there is a guy in that probably not the same guy who he's talking about who got beat, uh, who is so big he gave the woman he's fighting a concussion. And there's a lot of concussions in that sport anyway, okay? But there's something, isn't there something disturbing about a man, a biological male beating up a woman, even though people sold tickets to see that? Like they're, they know what they're getting into, the people on there. Still, I don't like it. It it, it offends me that biologically that's going on. Now, this case, he says that, you know, (laughs) the woman won. I guess I'd be rooting for her too. And maybe that guy's uh, not very big, right? There's, there, there, it's not 100%, 100% that every guy is going to beat every woman. Uh, but remember the controversy a couple of weeks ago where, um, you know, somebody talked about, uh, oh, it was, uh, was it John McEnroe? Somebody was talking about male tennis players being better than female tennis players. And somebody said, well, everybody could, you know, I challenge any man to get on the court with Serena Williams. Well, Serena Williams for sure is probably the best woman's tennis player in the world, maybe ever. She's amazing. And uh, she would beat me. But when she f- did play, and, this, and she said that she can't beat the men. And when she did play against the men, somebody who was ranked 200 beat her. And she doesn't have any problem with that. She just says, no, they're faster, they're stronger, the ball's moving faster, that's the way it is, it's biological. It doesn't mean that she's not a great tennis player or the greatest ever. But if we didn't have men's and women's tennis, uh, 
if there wasn't men's Wimbledon and and women's Wimbledon, there would be a few, if any, women playing tennis professionally. That's just a fact. 888-528-2557. When in getting into this, it's a getting back to the parenting a little bit. The parts that you don't see in some of these hearings is they bring in parents and they bring in people from both sides. There are people on this hearing that represented lots of different sides, uh, different arguments for different reasons. I don't think anybody presented a reason why you should have biological men in uh, uh, the locker room, a female locker room. But here's one one of the parents, and this parent um, is telling a story about her child, her child who is uh, born female, she's a female, and wanted to transition to be a boy, and this is what she said. Cameron told us he was transgender when he was 11 years old. 11, okay, 11 years old, that's when he said. Cameron told us he was transgender when he was 11 years old. He was clearly dealing with something, but we didn't know what it was or how to help him. But then he told us. My husband and I had the same instinct to tell him that we love him no matter what and always will be there for him. We needed, <clears throat> we knew we needed to affirm him from our years in working with foster youth. But we had no idea what to do next. We were scared. We didn't know anyone who had a trans child. We had never even heard of gender-affirming care. I prayed that it was a phase, but already knew that it wasn't. The signs had been there all along. We just didn't understand them. We thought he was a tomboy. He refused to wear anything pink or girly and was the only girl on the boys' football team for many years. His best friends were always boys. There were a lot of signs looking back. I know a lot of tomboys. Grew up with a lot of tomboys. I grew up with some girls who were great at sports. In fact, uh, one of my soccer teams had a girl on it. I was a you know grade school. She was the best player on the team, for sure. Uh, and of all those people, one of them that I'm thinking of that I still know, and I know a lot of them, um, is lesbian today. None of them are trans. The rest of them are straight women. Still tomboys, still into sports, um, but also very much women. I don't think you can just know this because your kid at 11 says, oh, I'm transgender and I like to uh, do stuff that boys do. This parent, when you hear her testimony and others who are speaking, it got very emotional and you feel for her because what you know, your kid's going through something. There might be, it might be just social pressure. It could be gender dysphoria. There are things that people do go through. And so what do you do? Her attitude was, well, you know, we have to affirm. No, you don't. Uh, you have to be engaged with it. There are loving and you know, ways to do it. But this is her reason right here. As parents, all we really want for our children is for them to be happy and healthy. See, that's what she says. All we really want for our children to be happy and healthy. And I think it's right there that is the problem. As parents, all we really want for our children is for them to be happy and healthy. Prior to receiving gender-affirming care and socially transitioning, my child was not happy and was not able to be his true self. I didn't want him to have to face the struggles of being transgender, but I did want him to be happy and himself. At times, I grieved my little girl and felt as if she were gone. It was hard on me at first, but I was able to put my child's needs before my feelings and find him the care he needed. I could see that my child was happier and felt more and more comfortable the more he was affirmed. It had to do with being happy. And, you know, in this case, 11 years old, now that child is uh, turning 18, according to her testimony. Uh, so biological female uh, had her breast removed and the uh, puberty blockers and all of that. The parent is saying that the child is doing well. 
Um, and that may be the case. The long-term studies on that are showing that doesn't go well for too much longer. And that is another part of the conversation. And part of the difficulty with this is as a parent, if you've made that decision and you've led your kid or helped your kid make permanent life-changing decisions like this, if it turns out to be wrong, then what kind of person are you? How do you live with yourself with that? See, that's a really hard thing. You will, you will probably work as hard as you can to convince yourself that if I hadn't done this, then just like the doctors tend to say in this case, uh, my child would have killed themselves, which you don't know. And in fact, the evidence isn't showing that that's what people do. 888-528-2557 is the number. My point here is that the happiness argument that's been going on for decades with parenting is driving a lot of the conversation here. I want my kid to be happy now rather than healthy and wise later. And can I suggest this to you, that the parent, the parenting thing that we have to be about is not about making our kids happy. It's about making them wise. There's a huge difference because wisdom will give you happiness for life or you know, happiness isn't even the goal, but you're going to be happier, whatever your circumstances are, if you are wise. You will not be happy if your goal is happiness because you can't always be happy. Things are going to happen. Things are, are difficulty, difficult for you. 888-528-2557. Uh, Nicole in L.A., welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Nicole? Nicole? Can you hear me, Pastor Scott? Okay, now I got you. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, I, I was calling because I just wanted to chime in on something I recently experienced with my daughter. We went to J.C. Penney's in the South Bay, only to find that they've shut down all the dressing rooms for uh, the male department and the junior department, and they only have the women's department open, which you have to share with men. In the, in the dressing rooms? In the dressing room. So you're in one stall, and there might be with your your girls, and there might be a dude in the next stall over. Correct. Yeah, yeah. I've experienced and, that before. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, thought that you know my daughter's a young girl, and I just thought that was you know that well, you can't go in, you know, only so many garments in. I said, well, I need to go in so I can watch my daughter because you're at the front door. Oh, so they weren't even going to let you in. No, you, because they wanted the stalls for. You know, not for me to sit there because I was sitting in another stall while she was in a smaller stall, and so she can get dressed and yeah. you know give her her room to try on stuff. And she's like, "Well, you know, we can't. We have to make the stalls available for you know people who are trying on stuff." I said, "Well, you know, why is there you know men in the dressing room?" She says, "Well, that's a new thing, and you know, we don't like it taking over with our management." I thought it was a particular store. Come to find out, it's. It's a corporate thing. <laughs> so the corporation, they're doing that too for this kind of agenda, or are they doing it because they are laying off employees? I have no idea, but whether you're laying off employees or not, it's not safe. And when I kind of researched it online, because I thought my leg was getting pulled, uh, apparently there was an incident at another store somewhere where someone a male was actually filming another female up under the stall with his camera. Yeah, see what they happens is... Yeah, they yeah. have some issues, but... My whole thing, I just don't think it's safe. Yeah. All. all right, Nicole, you're right about that. And that's the thing is that it ought to be safe, and it's probably safe with most people, honestly. But the person who's not safe is now given an opening to go do something. Um, and then if it's your kid, that's the problem, right? 
Uh, yeah, and it can happen in a split second. It can happen stuff. in a split second. I got to go to a break. I am late. This is Open Line Friday. We'll talk about whatever it is you'd like to talk about. 888-528-2557. Talking about parenting. You know, what do you do to make your kid happy and where do you draw that line? 888-528-2557. Friday edition of Pastor Scott. She'll be right back. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Today's hearing is an all-time low for the Republican majority. In my three decades in Congress, I have taken part in plenty of hearings where I did not agree with the choice of topic, to say the least. But I am absolutely disgusted by the Republican majority's bullying, bigoted framing of an issue that would otherwise be worthy of serious discussion. What we are witnessing today is nothing less than a taxpayer-funded platform for congressional Republicans to bully transgender kids who are already some of the most vulnerable members of our community. That was Representative Jerry Nadler explaining how disgusted he is that we're having a conversation that needs to be had about whether or not uh, transgender care, as it's called, in hospitals and children's hospitals should be done. And in front of him were people on all sides of that giving different reasons back and forth. And there was some conversation about biological men in the locker rooms and how do you deal with that. The most compelling testimonies came from uh, a couple of people. One was the parent I played before the break here. By the way, this is the Pastor Scott Show. It is Open Line Friday. You can call about anything you want, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. In watching this hearing, I'm talking about parenting right now and why it is that we need to not try to make our kids happy but try to make them wise, that if the goal is the happiness of our kids, we will let them do things that they shouldn't do. If my goal as a parent with my boys is to make them happy, I would allow them to play video games all day long, which is what they want. Absolutely, that's what they want. And the pushback that we get as parents is when we say no, and then we send them outside to play with their friends, or we make them do something that's not on a screen, and we limit it pretty severely. And they've gotten more video game time this summer than we've ever let them have. Uh, and still they're not happy. They would be happy. Now, the truth is my kids are happy. But what they say is, I'd be happy if I get to do this all day. See, we have to say no. Why? Because it's not wise to play video games all day long. It's not good for your brain. It's not good for your body. It is, there are lots of reasons why you shouldn't do that. But I can understand, you know, how convenient it is even as a parent that they're playing video games all day long. I know right where they are, right? And uh, they're happy, you know, and then I can be happy, but you got to say no. In the big issues here, you've got to say no. And one of the people giving testimony at this hearing is Chloe Cole. She is a detransitioner, and she is somebody who shared, you know, what happened to her. Their theories were wrong. The drugs and surgeries changed my body, but they did not and could not change the basic reality that I am and forever will be a female. When my specialist first told my parents that they could have a dead daughter or a live transgender son, I wasn't suicidal. I was a happy child who struggled because she was different. However, at 16, after my surgery, I did become suicidal. I'm doing better now, 
But my parents almost got the dead daughter promised to them by my doctors. My doctors had almost created the very nightmare they said they were trying to avoid. So what message do I want to bring to American teenagers and their families? I didn't need to be lied to. I needed compassion. I needed to be loved. I needed to be given therapy to help me work through my issues, not affirm to my delusion that by transforming into a boy, it would solve all my problems. Now, her testimony was very compelling. It's why you have to have this. It's not bigoted or somehow hateful to have this conversation, just like uh, Jerry Nadler said that it was. It's just not. We have to be able to have conversations, and it's, it's terribly serious. I think in a few years, we're going to look back on this and with, with disgust, and we're going to be shocked at how willing we were to carve people up, kids, uh, because we wanted them to be happy. Real reason is we wanted to make a lot of money. That's the real reason. 888 Something, though, I thought was important in that is that because there was the accusation back and forth that all of this is, is hateful even to have the conversation, uh, Chloe Cole was asked about this. You know, is it hateful, you know, this kind of thing? And she got very emotional. And now you got to see the picture of it because she's sitting right next to um, a mother who we played in the last segment, Miriam Reynolds, who talked about how she transitioned her kid and how she went through that whole process and made this happen. So they're sitting next to each other, okay, at a table. And the the tension there, the tension for this uh, Miriam Reynolds you know, most of the people speaking up there were, you know, experts or people who were, you know, citing theories or sort of political, you know, stage people. But some of these people were just regular people. And, you know, you could tell that Miriam, she's reading her statement and that there was some crafting of it. But she's a parent and made really made decisions that you can't go back on. And uh, Chloe got emotional when asked about this. And this was her response. Well, I, I, I understood that. um Mrs. Reynolds is scared for her child. And I just want to set the record straight that I don't hate her. I don't think anybody in this room hates her. Um, In fact, I I see my own mother and my own father in her. And that she, clearly she dearly loves her child. And she's doing the best with what she's been given. And unfortunately, it's not much. And for that, I'm sorry. I mean, I think every parent deserves the most, the utmost grace and guidance with how to help their child. That being said, I don't wish for her child to have the same result as I did. I don't wish for anybody to regret transition or to detransition because it's incredibly difficult. It comes with its own difficulties, and it's not easy. And... I hope that her child gets to have a happy and fulfilling adulthood, however that may look like. We have to be able to talk to each other. We have to be able to not just raise the tension when somebody says you're a hater because you disagree. That's kind of the default of our culture today is that you disagree with me. Well, you must hate. You must be a bigot. You must be this and that. That has to end. And we have to be people full of grace because grace, I'll tell you what, the the future that I think is coming for these families and these kids in particular is horrific. And the answer they need is grace, grace that, that they are loved by Jesus Christ, 
that there is forgiveness on the cross for anything if you'll turn to him. And there is hope and purpose for you, even when it seems like you've destroyed that. And that's true for all kinds of things we do to destroy ourselves. Parents out there, I'm just going to encourage you to think about this, you know, this weekend. Am I trying to make my kid happy or am I trying to make them wise? Do the best you can to make them wise. That's going to mean you got to say no and they're going to say things to you like I'm not happy or you don't love me or I hate you or, you know, kids do that. And it doesn't feel good. But when you make them wise later on, you have taught them so much value in life and they're always going to love you for that. If you just give in to them, the crazy thing is that the kids know that's wrong too later on. They know it. And it doesn't help your relationship with your kid long long term. All right, 888-528-2557. Let me go to the phones. This is the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. Cheryl, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Oh, this is Cheryl. Oh, Cheryl, okay. Yeah, like Christmas Carol. Yeah, um, there's. Um, I'm calling out to on behalf for my daughter. She keeps asking me to call. She, when she was in school, she was in regular class, but then they found out she had learning disabilities with dyslexia, with auditory processing disorder. Then in high school, as I told you a week ago, they found out she had autism, not ADD. She was misdiagnosed. I regretted letting them put her on meds. I made them take her off, even though they told me I'm making a mistake. I said, no, we got her off. I didn't tell the teacher. They said she improved. But my daughter's like, the one thing they don't really talk about, almost never, are kids who have learning disabilities and or special needs in the public schools. She wants to know why are all these millions of kids regarded, disregarded, not really acknowledged. They focus so much on the kids in school, but they almost never mention kids who have learning disabilities who suffer. She actually had resource one-on-one, and then the schools didn't want to pay for kids to have one-on-one resource through them in special mm-hmm. ed. They had to deal with it. So you don't think that's getting job. enough attention when there's a lot more kids dealing yeah, with this kind I of thing? Job. I was in a new job. Then when the company went, was gone and, I, and everyone was fired, but uh-huh. I had three services in one year. Yeah. So I was, I was let go for medical reasons, not yeah. fired like that. Yeah, Carol, else. I got so to go to a break. But is your, is your point that we should be, as a society, focusing a lot more on, on dealing with the reality of what these kids are struggling with? Because your kid was misdiagnosed, it sounds like. Oh, very much. Yeah, and you did a great job as a parent in challenging that. And that's another role, I think, for us as parents. And thank you for calling and for doing that, Carol, is that, you know, we want great doctors and we want great pediatricians, and it matters. But they're just human beings, you know, and we have to treat them with the respect that they've gone to school and they're studying the things. But there is also... Um, a tendency today to just sort of diagnose and and prescribe drugs and without asking questions. You know, I got to go to a break, but my thought is with your doctors, for yourself or your kids, make sure you got a doctor who really listens and who considers the different options and do not be afraid to get a second opinion, especially if you've got, you know, an inkling to say, I don't think this is right. You know, if you're feeling that, then you go find out. Go get another doctor. Just say, hey, you can tell your doctor, hey, 
appreciate you. I'm going to get a second opinion. And if uh, that matches yours, I'm coming back to you. You can do that. And uh, that's normal, and I think it's necessary. I'm very late to a break. I'll get to your calls, Mimi and Yolanda and others. The number is 888-528-2557. Pastor Scott Show, open line Friday. You can call about whatever you'd like. We'll be back as the Friday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com. Or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. All right, it is Open Line Friday, 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Mimi, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Pastor Scott. We just wanted to say, we have to say how much we love and appreciate you. And uh, we just had to do it today. And you're awesome for our family, and you've been just amazing, and we love you so much. Well, thank you, Mimi. Thank you for listening. Who's who's all yeah. in the we? <laughs> Say hi. Hola. Hola. I'm, I'm with my um, 13-year-old son, uh-huh. and I drive around a lot with him in the car. And when you come on, it's like he even comments on things, and... It's just been amazing, and we really appreciate you. Oh, well, thank you. Mimi, what's your son's name? What's your name? Noah. His name's Noah. Oh, hi, Noah. Pastor Scott. Hey, Noah, thanks for listening to our show. I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that you do. No problem, Pastor Scott. I really enjoy it. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you very much. Are you, uh, are you uh, out of school? When do you go back to school? I go back uh, August twenty first. August twenty first. So you got like almost a month. Not really. Yeah. It's like three weeks and a and a weekend. But it, well, we'll say a month, so it feels better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. For well, sure. Mimi and Noah, thank you so much for calling today and uh, listening to the Pastor Scott Show. Appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate you. All right. Bye. Have a great weekend, uh, Yolanda, North Hollywood. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Yes, Pastor Scott, I just wanted to weigh in. Yeah. Listen, I just want to uh, say why Mimi and Noah are probably still listening. Thank Mimi for having her son listen to something that will edify him as opposed to Ninja Turtles, Teenage Ninja (laughs) Turtles or something. He, He can hear adults having discussions. Mm-hmm. And he can be edified. Thank you. I just wanted to say her thank you as a mother. Well, and hopefully it's part of the theme here is that we want to teach our kids wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. And uh, you were speaking earlier about uh, relegating, you know, the time that your son, your children spend with the, on their phones. Yeah. And I see it. I did raise a son in the, you know, my son's 30-something now, but... um I see what I observe parents doing is they're not parents anymore. The children are telling them what to do and what they won't do. Yeah. That didn't fly in the 60s. I realize it's a different era, different culture, but that didn't fly. I just see that, and I'm aghast at how these children are behaving. And I've seen virtually children melt down when the phone is taken away from them or Mm -hmm. the parents won't let them use their phones in a grocery store, what happened. I've seen a, a child melt down. I said, that, that can't be good for that child. They're having a nervous breakdown yep. because, you know, their parent says, okay, I told you 15 minutes, your time is up. 
I just, it's very ugly and very, very sad. Yeah, and it's driven from this desire to make our kids happy, and we feel bad, yeah. you know, when they respond yeah. a certain way. But we have to do what's right for them. That's that's what's been missing, is that the goal is to be a friend and not a parent, the cool mom or dad. Thank you. Right? Let them know who's in charge. Yeah. Thank you. And it's okay to be in charge as a parent. That's your role. Yes. Right. Whether you're a special needs child or not. I mean, because special needs, I have a girlfriend who has two boys that are experiencing autism, that, that have autism, and... I see the defiancy in them. I'm watching them very closely. I says, you know what? I know he has autism, but there's still he's still got to learn that there are limits. Yeah, there are limits, and, and it's so much harder. But you've got to do it. Yeah. But you know, Pastor Scott, he can. They can scroll up a screen on the phone. They can use their iPad. They're not totally without. They're they're there. Mm-hmm. They can do things. Yeah. So if they can do that, then they can understand limits, they can understand no, and they can understand discipline. Yeah. That's where I'm coming from. And so later just, on, they appreciate it. And even right. even when they're young, they know, they really know that it's okay. Yolanda, thanks for, for adding that to our conversation today. Hope that you're doing well. Thank you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, one of the things about the... Uh, with the the screens, by the way, parents, I know we're tempted to do that. I am. We do it. Uh, sometimes there are camps that are begun already. There are therapies that kids need to have because of too much screen time, including physical therapy, because their neck is not in the right position anymore and their shoulders are hunched because they're always looking at the iPad. Uh, a friend of mine is having a starting a camp, Christian camp. That is all for kids who are addicted to screen, like serious addiction, where they can just get away and outside for a week. And part of it's going to include some uh, examination and maybe physical therapy, which is it's just shocking that that's a thing. But it is a thing. You can look it up. 888-528-2557. Jim, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Yes, um, I am not happy or pleased with the way the Dodgers handled uh this whole thing of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, yeah. they should not have honored them. It is sin. It is sin. They should not have honored them. And then they schedule a faith and faith and family yeah. day, the hottest part of the day, a 110 afternoon, when these dodo birds had an evening 7-10 game, and it was a lot cooler. Yeah, but it, it's harder to bring your kids to a nighttime game when a game doesn't get over until 9.30 or 10, and then you're going to have a concert. That's the reason. Not to, I'm not defending the Dodgers' decision with those uh, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. That was completely uh, out of line. Here, uh, here. Aaron. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. And uh, how long do we, you know, what do we do going forward? You know, with that, it, you know, it, I'm I'm thinking of like next year. I wonder if the Dodgers do the same thing or if they tone that whole thing down. I'm really curious about what they're going to do. Now, that was really wrong to honor those that sin. That yeah. was wrong. Well, and and you know, I think part of it, Jim, and I appreciate uh, your calling, is that I think you know, number one, uh, they probably don't believe it's sin because it's a secular organization. There are Christians who are there, but the people making those decisions aren't necessarily that. And there is so much political pressure around, you know, not defining something as you should. And that has to end. I think that there's some, I think that progress is made on that, though. There's a lot of change that has happened 
because of that event, uh, which went national, that controversy, and also the Bud Light stuff and the Target stuff and what's going on with Disney. I mean, there's certainly something for, I think, people to think about. The big question is, is do people care um, or not? Uh, and what are we going to do? There's a, there's a long-term thing there. 888-528-2557. Jesse, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hey, Pastor, Pastor Scott. Uh, good afternoon. How are you doing today, sir? I'm good. Jesse, how are you? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. First, I want to give all the honor and all the glory to Jesus Christ, brother. Amen. And um, I'm, I'm a brother, Jesse, from Victor Roberts, West Covina. And Pastor Scott, I just wanted to get through, and I was able to speak to uh, Frank Sontag before he, he uh, kind of left the station. Yeah, and I've been I've been on the road for five years driving, and so I tuned into him for a while. And uh, I kind of uh, when he was parting ways, it was uh, I didn't see anybody that could fill his shoes right there. I, I couldn't. I, it was I was kind of worried. I was kind of worried uh, for uh, you know just the way the world is and everything that we have going on, and we don't have really that many stations or people uh, speaking the truth or uh, everything that Frank did. Well, Frank did, mm-hmm. and. Um, and I didn't think that there was anybody going to be able to do what he did. And come you, God, uh, God is a perfect planner. God is, uh, uh, he's, what do you say, he's intentional. And with you coming, I hear you and I listen to you. And, um, man, we're just a blessed people. We're just a blessed people, Pastor Scott. Well, and, thank you. Um, you know, yeah, you have everything all the way around. And God was just so good when he just, when he blessed every listener with you on there. And, <laughs> I just want to just honor him first, and I just want to tell you thank you for being a follower of Jesus Christ and following him and and doing what you do, you know, and I just want to give you, you know, kudos to everything that you're doing and keep up the good work, and I just wanted to, you know, congratulate you on everything that you're doing and everything that you're going to continue to do. Well, thank you, Jesse. I appreciate that, and I appreciate that you're listening uh, to uh, KKLA, I presume. Are you in San Diego or are you uh, in LA? No, Los Angeles, Los Angeles. Yeah, KKLA in in Los Angeles, appreciate that, and... uh, I'm grateful for everything that uh, Frank did and the Frank before him. Amen. Uh, before that, I think there was a Warren, you know, uh, so it's great oh, to be. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah, yeah, unfortunately, I wasn't here. But here yeah, great like to I be said, in this chair that uh, they sat in before, and I thank you for that. And you're right that, uh, you know, the Lord is going to always make sure that there are people who yes, are yes. in roles where they can uh, preach the word. And that's something I like about all of you folks who are callers, is that you add so much to the show and to each other every time that you call. And uh, we're all in this together. We're all one church. i got to take a break. Uh, it's the Friday edition of the Pastor Scott Show, open line Friday, 888-528-2557. We'll be back in a moment. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 